0: Truth.
1: Report at RBN, cruising at light speed, here's your host, Steve Stars.
2: Welcome everybody again to the show today. Glad to be back with you on a Monday, and man, things are moving, aren't they? Uh, uh, it's kind of uh, almost a slow news day for a fast uh, series of events, but a lot of big things have happened, as you probably have heard. Uh, uh, Satan trends online following the death of Lord Jacob Roth. Rothschild. Rothschild has died, friends, at 87 years old. You probably heard that already by now, and you know about it. I don't want to be it to death, no pun intended, but uh, yes, he has gone on to his uh, reward. Uh, the one thing that uh, the wicked uh, haven't been able to get around at this point is the ultimate terminal point of uh, leaving this earth in the flesh. Where did they go? Well, will uh, Lord Jacob Rothschild be back? Yes, he will. He will be back. He'll be back when he resurrects for the day of judgment. Because you see, in Christ, all all men will resurrect from the dead, but those who do will resurrect for the eternal judgment. There's no such thing, really, as eternal death anymore, by the way. I don't know if you knew that. But uh, when Jesus died on the cross, he said, uh, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? At that moment... The, the entire law of sin and death was annulled. It was annulled in the court of heaven. We'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, at this point, it was determined that the uh, operation and, and control and uh, the principalities of power uh, who had overseen justice in the earth were judged at that time. Jesus said, now is the prince of this world judged. He will be judged. In other words, he was uh, being uh uh, found guilty in the court of heaven of allowing death to happen to a man who had no sin. You, you can't do that. See, he had misused his power. He should have intervened and stopped it. He didn't know what he was doing. He thought he was going to take over, but unfortunately he found out he had just undone all the authority he ever had over, the, over being the Prince and uh, uh, Senior Executive of Law and Order. That's what he said. You remember, he he doesn't own the earth. Uh, the Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. But he was given authority over that. That's what he said to Jesus. I have been given authority all of this, wor- these worlds and these kingdoms, and I can give them to whoever I like. But he was given those. He didn't create them. He had authority. But when he died, uh, when Jesus died, that is, uh, he undid all that authority. He uh, basically marred his ability to be in charge, and the record is plain. So Jesus said, uh, he says, I'm going to die. And he said, the prince of this world will be judged and in the high court of the the throne of heaven, at that point right there, he lost the entire grip on everything that was going on and his ability to accuse uh, all of us and to hold us accountable to death because he had now fouled up his, uh, his cage, so to speak. And he's in trouble now. Anyway, Satan... Uh, Satan Trends Online, still people a lot, of, a lot of people still want to believe in the God of this world. He, they call him the God of this world sometimes, but really he's the prince of this world. He's more of the uh, authoritative person who is supposed to be in charge. We'll talk a little bit about him. Um, his name is not in the Bible anymore. You might think of him as Lucifer, okay? But actually, that is not the real name of Satan. Satan's actual name is Halel, H-E-Y-L-E-L, Halel. Ah, uh, the name was omitted from the Bible by Jerome in the fourth century, and the name Lucifer was placed in its place. Uh, Lucifer is a shining light, as you know. Uh, the name Hala means uh, to shine, brightness. Uh, you, you know, uh, to actually give light and glory, so to speak, and it's actually part of the phrase Hallelujah. Believe it or not, it's a praise word. Praise and shining and and light is what it's all about. But uh, that name has been omitted from the King James text and almost every place else. So there's only three angels named in the Bible. Uh, Raphael is not one of them, by the way, but Gabriel, Michael, and what used to be the name of Satan, which was Halal. And now he's known as Lucifer. And we'll talk about that a little bit. But uh, he is uh detained now he is under control he is uh, his whole case for accusing mankind has been thrown out of court which means everybody will resurrect from the dead some will resurrect for life and eternity and the others will resurrect to go to a place where people live forever and it's very bad there it's uh where flames burn eternally the flesh doesn't die and their torment doesn't cease so you live forever in the lake of fire that's where those people are that's where they will be going right now they're awaiting judgment that's coming pretty soon so you know you don't want to go there it's not a good place to go i thought i started out with kind of a biblical uh message this day and the reason why is i had this strange dream last night and it really kind of i'm not saying it was a You know, one of those kind of dreams that oh, you know, it was just some of the stuff I guess that's been going around through my head, and uh, I wanted to kind of share a little bit of what it what it meant. And you know, we're asking this question: is what what's going to happen here? On this planet what is taking place We see these people mounting up this uh, This idea that they're going to uh, Prevail and take Over and create a new sort of Creation for themselves you know they're All hiding now in bunkers in case There's an atomic war but they're Also looking for ways and means by Which they can survive forever uh, Lord Rothschild Apparently didn't make it and some Others like Henry Kissinger as you know And most of these people don't uh, Outlive uh their uh, estimated and eventual end but uh, the bottom line is, is these people are really thinking that they're going to get around around death is what, where they're going with this and it's been there all along it's like the Ponce de Leon's uh, the search for the uh, fountain of life you know, or, or the tree of life it's been there all along and people are still convinced that they can find it and find some way to sustain themselves right now, here and now in the flesh and it is possible I know it is possible Uh, The tree of life was in the Garden of Eden. You know, all they needed to do was eat from it, and they would have been immortal. Unfortunately, though, they would have been immortal with the same broken nature that they had now inherited and taken in, which was the sin. God, out of his mercy, out of his mercy, drove them out of the garden. He said, don't let them touch from that. Because if they take of that tree, in this case, in this situation right now, they'll be immortally evil, And we'll have to destroy them. So uh, they were forbidden to eat from that tree. And uh, they were driven out. And God said, you'll just have to live in faith until I work out the solution for you, which is a whole new recreation of you. All the good things that are in you, I'm going to keep all your soul. Everything that's good about us, he's going to hold on to and redeem. And I'm going to eradicate everything that came in from all the evil that took place here. Yeah, that you've already become uh, genetically engrafted into is what happened with the knowledge of uh, good and evil. Some people think the knowledge of good and evil is a great thing. Well, it is. It's good to know good and evil. But the problem is, uh, you know, good and evil doesn't give you life, friends. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just shows you what's right and wrong. It doesn't have the ability to to actually create a life a life form in you that is eternal and perfect. How can you take somebody with a free will, absolutely a free will, and give them a free will, and yet make them incorruptible? That's a question. Can you do that? That's exactly what God is going to do. He's going to take people who have a free will. You'll still be having your soul. You'll still have your gifts and talents. You'll, you'll still have uh, your love for animals if you love them or or you, if you like music or whatever. You know, All the things that are good about you are going to remain. But the problems that we have are going to be sponged and taken out of us. So a lot of things happening like that. And uh, we'll get into that a little bit. I'll get into my dream r- really briefly. And I see that Mike is calling in from Kentucky. Mike, you just hold on for a bit here. Maybe we'll get back, to, get back to you, try to hit you in this first segment or, or shortly thereafter. But let me, let me explain real quick what's going on here, what I saw in this dream. I basically saw the world divided into two camps two parties. Now, we think about the United States, we think about our constitutional rights. I'm an, I'm all very very strong about trying to preserve our nation and our rights and our heritage, okay? I don't want to dismiss that. But I will say this that what I was seeing and I'm not telling you this is a, a prophetic dream, but what I was seeing basically is the world, the the, the nations of the earth being divided into two camps. Okay, two camps, the camps of the righteous and the camps of the evil. You know, that was basically what was going to happen. It'll, it won't come down to where you're a citizen from, uh, how much money you have, or male, female, young, old. It'll come down to whether you're one of those people who wants to adhere to the plan of God or you're one of those people who have abandoned it. And that's what the Mark of the Beast is all about, friends. It's going to divide people. So you're going to end up with two different kinds of people on the world. You know, Daniel talks about in his uh, vision, if you ever uh, have read the second chapter of Daniel, he, he gets his vision. Well, actually, it was it was a dream that was given to the king. The king couldn't understand it. He didn't even remember it very well. And he was kind of frustrated. King Nebuchadnezzar, and he said, all right, I want all my wise men, astrologers, soothsayers, chaldeans, and people like that to to help me resolve this dream. Now, if you know anything about Nebuchadnezzar, he really was more pragmatic. He wasn't one of those people who was really caught up in crazy mysticism. He didn't have a lot of respect for a lot of the so-called wise men. He, he still figured, I'm the king. I know best. I do what I do. Business as usual. Uh, tell me your dreams and you know, look into the liver and all this other all this stuff that he used to do. But uh, he was going to do his agenda anyway. But this dream bothered him so much, he knew something was really – he had to have an answer. So he said, assemble all these guys, and if they can tell me the dream and the interpretation, uh, I'll be happy. If not, I'm going to kill them all and turn their houses into dung heaps. I'm so fed up with these wise men. Boy, this was scaring everybody. So Daniel and his, his uh, three uh, associates, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were all boys from Judea. They were eunuchs, by the way, who were living in the palace. And uh uh, Daniel and his friends said, we better pray because if we don't come up with an answer, we're dead. So they didn't have any choice, and they prayed and fasted for three days. And on the last night, Daniel received this very same dream that Nebuchadnezzar had. But with one exception, he had the interpretation. So, uh, the, you know, Daniel was called in before King Nebuchadnezzar, who was the king of Babylon. And he said, I, I have your dream, king. I can tell you what happened here. And the dream, you know, you ever had a dream you can't quite remember at all? I, I think every, everybody has it. There's certain things I can't remember, I and mean, some things I can't, can, but it doesn't make any sense to me. Anyway, Daniel interprets the dream for the king. This is what you saw. You saw an image, it had a head of gold. And then below it was a chest and arms of silver. Below that, it had a stomach of copper. Below that, it had a trunk and torso. Of iron. And then down at the feet, it had toes, five toes on each side, a total of 10. And the toes and the feet were iron mingled with clay. But the iron wouldn't adhere to the clay very well. The clay and the iron were different. This is kind of what I was going to go with some of this. Think about it. And then he saw a stone that was cut without hand smash this, uh, uh, this statue, this image on the feet, and the whole thing came, filled to dust and blew away in the wind, and the stone grew into a mountain, <clears throat> a mountain for a kingdom that would live forever and ever. And uh, the king was just dumbstruck. He said, that's exactly what I dreamed. It's exactly what I dreamed, and you have the interpretation. You kn- You not only know what I dreamed, you had the same dream and the interpretation. So he honored Daniel, and Daniel became a very good friend of King Nebuchadnezzar. This awful man who destroyed the, the temple in Jerusalem became Daniel's friend and confidant. So, uh, you know, anyway, the story is pretty good. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about the iron and clay because we're down to that position. Most scholars, and I'm not going to put myself in a position of saying that I think they're absolutely true, but I will say this, that uh, scholars believe that, of Daniel explained to uh, Nebuchadnezzar, you are the head of gold. You are the head of gold. After you will come another kingdom with two parts that is silver, and most people believe that was the Media Persian Empire, a two-party uh, empire with a left arm and a right arm, and that was the Media Persians. Daniel lived long enough to see that come. That was the the time of Cyrus the Great. Following that was the the stomach of uh, of uh, copper. Uh, or brass, which people believe was Alexander's Empire, and then the uh, the torso and the legs were Rome, which split into two parts. We'll talk a little bit about that. Was that the Eastern Orthodox and the Roman Catholic Church, or was it possibly maybe the division of religions between the East and West, where you had uh, primarily the Roman Catholic Church in the Western Hemisphere, and then you had uh, Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism, Taoism A lot of other relig- religions in the Eastern, I don't know, talk a little bit About that maybe, but finally The the ten toes, which is Interesting, and the iron and clay You know, what were the iron And clay, I don't think anybody's quite Understood that uh, to this point So anyhow, we'll get into some discussion Let's see if Mike is online, we'll kind of keep some uh, Conversation going here, and maybe Mike's Got some things to throw into it, let's uh, See what Mike has to say, Mike, what do you got to say, buddy
3: well, I think we we need to be guarded in what we consider a good source, because uh, Lucifer uh, was the Roman or maybe even Greek god of reason, Logos or whatever. And so he can appear as an angel of light, but he's not. Nice. No marvel. His workers can appear to be the workers of righteousness, but they're inwardly ravenous wolves. Now, there seems to be a, a, a couple of themes throughout the Bible about these interpretations of dreams. Uh, was that... Uh, Jacob, that became the Pharaoh's favorite, and he interpreted a dream?
2: No, that was Joseph. He, Joseph.
3: Joseph got out of prison, yeah. Many yeah. colors. His coat of many colors. Right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the interpretation of dreams seems to be a, uh, a uh, um, I don't know if you'd say it's a sign or an indicator that you're kind of on the, uh, the in the the right uh, camp. Right. But uh, that, uh Lucifer light thing always bothered me about the uh, Paul on the road to Damascus because it was obviously he was on a different path than the rest of the disciples. And yeah. uh, empires are built on cheap labor. So but we're, we often see people as clay versus mm-hmm. iron, which is a, Authority. a commodity or Government. whatever, you know, so yes. you, can,
2: mm-hmm.
3: you have an empire built on money and people it's what it looks like to me that, that that's a, a combination of, and that's weak because people can be um, hardened, and then they become brittle, and they break, and your feet fa- fail then, mm-hmm. uh, or they can become soft in water, you know. So uh, that empire was uh, standing on some corruptible feet, you know, iron rusts as well, but Yes. Uh, I, I have to wonder if that's not also, uh, you know, like Gog and Magog talked about in the book of Revelation. Uh, might have been the eastern and western split in the church, you know, mm-hmm. because that's they're both north of uh, Judea yeah. and Israel. And uh, uh, so, you know, the Gog and Magog thing would be the split between the east and the west. Uh, Perhaps in the church in uh, Revelation, but I don't know that the uh, two legs are, the two feet are a split, the same thing, you know.
2: Yeah, it's Uh, an interesting uh, dilemma, isn't it? You know, I've even thought, I I, I left left it open, and I'm not coming to conclusions, but what if uh, the iron is robotic and AI and the clay is the rest of us. I don't know, (laughs) you know, I mean, it's getting to that point almost right. You know,
3: the Uh, the sophistication of the neural networks and stuff that they're trying to build has no, I don't believe any possible way of including the chemistry behind our nervous system. You know, we have a pacemaker. People have pacemakers to keep their heart in rhythm. If it falls uh, out of rhythm. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't include the complexity of the nervous system's chemistry. It just simply shocks that muscle. And you probably had high school biology where you electrify a dead frog or something, and it still moves.
2: That's one of my favorites. (laughs) Yeah. I think about Democrats, you know, when I think of those dead frogs, just jolt them (laughs) and they'll they'll do anything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just give anyway. them
3: some, give them some money, give me some money, or, or uh, you got to send him a Manila envelope with some dirt. You know, uh, we've got some uh, Jeffrey Epstein files here. You might not have seen. You're going to vote our way.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, that's, uh, so, that's a good. So, one. Yeah.
3: as far as the last days, I ran across a, a quote years ago about Charles Schultz. You remember? His famous Christmas, uh... Yeah,
2: hey, uh, Mike, we're going to hit the break here. Let's talk about Charles Schultz right after we're back here. Be right back, friends. Stay tuned. You're listening to Lightspeed on RBN.
3: Well, i totally lost the audio. Uh, Attention, freedom-loving patriots.
1: Are you ready to dive deep into the principles that founded our great nation? Join me, Peter Serkin, and the Institute on the Constitution as we light the way to a brighter future with the Liberty Lighthouse Classroom. At liberty-lighthouse.com slash classroom, you'll find a treasure trove of online courses on the U.S. Constitution, carefully crafted to empower you with knowledge to defend your rights and liberty. Whether you're a student, a history enthusiast, or just a concerned citizen, these courses are for you gain a comprehensive understanding of our Constitution's principles, the wisdom of our Founding Fathers, and how to apply them in today's world. Don't miss this incredible opportunity. Use code RBN for 20% off. Together, we'll be the beacon of freedom. Our founding generation envisioned. Liberty Lighthouse Classroom. Illuminating minds. Empowering patriots. Did you know the IRS publicly admits that income tax is collected by voluntary compliance? Get the information you need to help you avoid income tax with these five easy steps. All you have to do is go to avoidincometax.com to get your five easy steps on how to avoid the IRS income tax. Escape the IRS. Let avoidincometax.com help you. We guarantee our five easy steps or your money back. Go to avoidincometax.com.
4: Are you one of the millions of people who feel like there is a dark cloud hanging over their heads whenever they're using pharmaceutical drugs?
3: Free shipping on orders over $50. See the banners for Hemp Paste at republicbroadcasting.org and visit hemppaste.com slash
1: rbn.
2: again and uh, got Mike in Kentucky, let him kind of finish up a little bit more of what he was talking about. Mike, let me just say this. You know, I definitely try to differentiate very, very strongly between I have two boxes, one of facts that I know and then things that are hypotheses that I'm working on. So I try to clarify that pretty pretty much whenever I talk about these things, some of these things that we're throwing out here. Hey, they're always good to consider and listen to other people's ideas when you don't really know. But then there's there's solid facts and things that we can know too, which are pretty good. But where were you going with that when we left off?
3: Oh well, it, we have we've, we're cautioned that if you teach the children uh, in error, basically, that it would be better that a millstone be hung around your neck and tossed into the sea. So Charles Schultz had a quote that made me think, you know, yeah, you, know, you just got to be careful when you get onto these subjects. In the archives of RBN to be listened to any time of the day, you're in the middle of the day, but uh, bedtimes are often, <laughs> we don't know, children go to bed anymore. But uh, so, and that's what I've cautioned a lot, of some of the hosts about, tried to, about some of the cussing that goes on, because the archives are available 24-7, maybe on Sunday night, cussing like a sailor, but I don't know when somebody's going to be listening to that. But Charles Schultz had a quote, he said, you know people have been making money for two thousand years preaching that it's the last days. He said, particularly when it comes to children, we need to uh, be responsible about what we call the last days. And he said he didn't see anything that indicated that we were in the last days. In that quote, I'm not. I'm paraphrasing. the, sub, the concepts. Uh, if anybody wants to find that, I you know that. The man had a tremendous influence for 50 years with his little Peanuts Christmas story, yeah. even to the point where the woke people were trying to censor. Uh, was it Linus' dialogue, I think, on the <laughs> stage? Yeah. That's been presented as school plays, and they will leave out that dialogue but just have Linus stand on the stage. And some of the parents knew it so well, they just started reciting it. <laughs> so they've tried to censor that. Yeah. Uh, you know, the... the what, What's really, what is the meaning of Christmas, you know? Right, right. And uh, so uh, that, to me, is worth paying attention to that guy's quote there about uh, the last days. So um, there's how many last days were there, and yeah. how many day of judgments have there been? I mean, uh, you, you can look at the uh, scripture that says, He will destroy those who destroy the temple. And we mm-hmm. are the temples now, but... Pompeii sure got destroyed, didn't it? Right yes, at Mount Vesuvius. Right. It's, a tourist, it's a tourist attraction. People buried yeah. in, in ash. And that was in 79 AD? Not, 70, uh, something uh, like that. Yeah,
2: 70 AD, I think, was the uh, the time yep. when the temple was destroyed. And I'm not yep. sure when it was, but it was shortly thereafter, 79, 72, sure. somewhere in there. It was within 10 years, I think. Definitely uh, within
3: that, that generation. And the word yeah. generation is important to... Uh, look at as opposed to genos type of people or tribe versus a generation of 40 years is mentioned in hebrews 3 i think it is for references the wandering in the wilderness which was 40 years a generation had to die off before they were allowed to go into the holy land right you can draw these this thread through scriptures to let scripture interpret scripture and be a berean yeah but even paul uh, expresses that he is giving his opinion a lot. And I don't know that he always says, hey, this is my opinion. But mm-hmm. He does say, he at least admits it, hey, this is my opinion to you, you know.
0: Right. But he, right.
3: Was, he was dealing with a culture that was steeped in paganism, and they didn't let go of it very easy for a long time. And there's elements of paganism still in the Roman Catholic Church.
5: Oh, absolutely. I don't know so much
3: about the Eastern Orthodox, but yeah. so you've got to be a little bit I don't know. More familiar with the uh, the real as opposed to the counterfeit, because I think there's a lot of counterfeits running around.
2: Absolutely, yes, and we're told they would oh. be too. You know, yeah, uh, we've well, seen a were, lot of that. Yeah,
3: there were then. There were a lot of uh, claimed messiahs that that came about. You know, during that time frame uh, around whatever zero yeah. right. <laughs> a common era. 70 A.D., there was there was a lot, there's lots of of charlatans and and claims of stuff, but
2: yeah, you know anyway, there, there was a there was a teacher by the name of Gamaliel who was very highly honored at that time, and Paul was trained by him, and Gamaliel actually speaks very well for himself when he said, "You men of Jerusalem, you know, you ought to let this be. You know, we've had so many false messiahs, and they've all come to naught, but." if what you're doing now, you know, in, in trying to persecute these Christians is wrong, you will be found in judgment of, you know, fighting and resisting God. So he was basically saying, leave it alone. Don't try to interfere interfere with this. And so I think it was a pretty wise statement from a, a Jewish scholar at that time, the top theologian really in the nation was Gamaliel. And he spoke pretty well, uh, pretty well about the situation. I thought and his words are kept, to this day in the scriptures in the book of Acts. So yeah, there were things happening, yeah, at that time. It was pretty interesting. But, um, well, you know, I
3: had a final thought, but I, I think I'll just, go ahead. I'll just let you go.
2: <laughs> well, we got, we got about a minute. Why don't you get it out real quick here, buddy?
3: I can't remember now. <laughs> oh, it, gotcha. It, it left my head, so I must not be supposed to tell yeah.
2: you. It must be like <laughs> that. I'll, I'll do my fasting and praying and tell you what you were thinking, like Daniel. How's that sound? <laughs> okay? well, that's important All right. All right. All right. Thanks, Mike. About. Appreciate it, buddy. All right. All right. We'll talk to you later. Hey, we'll be right back and uh, we'll follow up. There's some more information coming out. So stay with us right here on RBN
5: i want the truth you can't handle the truth you're listening to republic broadcasting network real news real talk real people because you can handle the truth
4: and how fresh it is. The pressure of the roast, the better the quality. Here I have like all, all of the coffee. It's roasted within one to two days prior to being shipped. So it literally gets to consumers' house within three to five days after being roasted. If you like coffee, you have to try ours. It's fresh roasted. It's one of the best beans that we can get. And you will definitely see the difference.
1: Visit blackoutcoffee.com and use the coupon code REPUB10. That's repub
5: Well, I never felt more like singing the blues Cause I never thought that I'd ever lose your love Why'd you do me this way? Why'd you do me this way?
2: Well, I hey. ne- Welcome back everybody. We are glad to be back here with you on uh, Lightspeed uh, right here on every Monday on RBN. Please support the, uh, the network. I'm doing what I can. I'm a volunteer just wanting to help you along as much as possible. And uh, we've got to keep every voice out there going right now because this is a war of words, friends. It actually is. There are ideologies and things in conflict. We've been talking a lot about that. And this is where it's going to end up. I mean, I believe the human race is going to be divided, literally split in two parts very soon. And you're starting to see it. I mean, these people that have followed into darkness are getting darker by the minute. They really are. I mean, look at what's going on in the news. Everybody's shaking their heads and they're wondering, how can these people be so crazy? Well, if you hear truth, you're going to hear more truth. Jesus said, if you be careful of what you listen to, if you listen to truth, you'll hear more. You'll be given more. People who are listening to our network are learning more and more and more every day. Friends, you're getting smarter. You're not dying, you're becoming more alive, is what's happening. And the people who are shutting down, the darkness is coming in on them right now, and they're getting darker and darker. So you wonder how these people can go so far off the hook. You haven't seen anything yet. This is going to keep going on. It's quite frightening to think of it. And that's kind of what my, my uh, dream was that I, I was talking about last night, that you know this gospel must be preached before all the world and to all nations, and it's getting there very quickly. All this is going to start coming out, and there's going to be a, a definite light and darkness situation developing and enveloping the world as this thing progresses. Now, are we in the end times immediately? friends, I, I, I can't tell you. I'm not setting dates. I, I, no man knows the day or the hour, but I think we may be in that first part of that, uh, where where Jesus says there should be wars and rumors of wars or threats of war, famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in diverse places. Now, I think we're beginning to see some of that like never before. I mean, obviously, since the invention of the atomic bomb and the end of World War II, we've all been waiting things out, uh, living on you know, kind of eggshells, if you might say, you know, because we don't know at what point something might just completely uh, develop into an atomic war. That's why these uh, wealthy people are building these huge bunkers to try to hide in them because they think that uh, the, the earth is going to be scorched by this uh, atomic warfare that's coming. But uh, I, the end is not yet. Jesus said, The end is not yet. You know, I want to get back to the dream I was talking about. I had that dream, but. You know, is it possible that two people can have the same dream? Yes, it is. Uh, I'll give you a couple of examples. The first one is a little bit, uh, I mean, it was kind of a strange situation, but these are people I knew personally. My mother-in-law, who was uh, in her family before I I met my wife, of course, years ago, they had a death in the family of one of the grandparents, I think the, the, the last of the grandparents living in a house. And everybody convened upon the house to find all kinds of hidden money they thought was there, right? I mean, the whole family was going through the house, like pulling up the carpet, uh, you know, looking uh, underneath the foundation, you know, taking any kind of a brick that they found in the wall out of the wall. I mean, it, it, everybody was uh, serious uh, and looking for money that they thought was left or some pile of gold or something like that. And uh, they couldn't find anything. And my mother-in-law said that she had a dream where uh, her, I think it was somebody in their family, maybe the grandfather or somebody like that, telling her, stop tearing up the house. There is no money. There isn't anything to find here. And then she she said she had that dream, and then I think it was her cousin or somebody else said, I had a dream very similar to that. That They were telling me there was nothing in the house to be found and stop this now. Because you see where this was going was people would keep looking and looking and looking. And then if they would start accusing each other, maybe somebody found something is not telling the rest and is still hanging around, you know. And uh, I mean, it was going to start a big fuss and a fight and all this tizzy going on over nothing. And so they both had the same The same message, though it wasn't the exact same dream. Stop tearing up the house. There's nothing here. Go back to life. You know what I mean? So that was kind of an interesting one. Now, another story that is even more poignant and more uh, interesting was uh, I had a pastor whose name was uh, Raymond C. Harris many years ago, and he told the story several times from the pulpit, and uh, his wife always agreed that it was true, you know, and that was a... uh, quite a shocking story. He, uh, was traveling around for a while with his wife as a kind of a, uh, evangelist while he was in between churches and that kind of thing. He'd met up with an old pastor that he'd known for many years and the old pastor's wife had died and he had a little parsonage with a guest room. And while they were there on a Wednesday night doing a, a couple of speaking engagements, he, uh, you know, pastor Harris stayed with him. And, uh, the, uh, you know, the, one of those nights, they were, the old man, he, you know, he didn't have much more to live for, but he said, we've got to reach people. We've got to get a sincere burden to tell people what's going on. We were running out of time. We've got to reach people now. And he, he was really trying to impress upon his his yearning to, to warn people to get them safely into the hands of the Lord. And uh, they, and they of course uh brother harris agreed with him you know this pastor harris he agreed with him yeah we do well it came time to go to bed and uh he had a big double bed you know that he was used to sleeping in and they had a little room with a single bed for a guest speaker or something like that <clears throat> and of course his wife had died he was all alone and uh so they when they went to bed they said well uh, you know uh, maybe uh, brother Harris and sister Harris would share the main double bed there, and he'd go into the 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 uh, little parcel area. And he said, "No, nah, let's let's just let him sleep in his own bed." And brother Harris said, "I'll just uh, I'll get on the other side of it, okay?" So they left sister Harris in the other room for his, her privacy, you know. So they went to bed that night, and everything was pretty much normal. And then about three thirty or something like that in the morning, sister Harris heard all this crying and weeping going on. And she couldn't figure out what it was. And then she realized that it was coming from the other room. She walked in there and turned the light on, and both of them were were just tremoring, and crying, and weeping. And she said, "What is going on here?" And it took them about ten or fifteen minutes to to kind of get settled. They were just you know shimmering. And uh, Brother Harris said. Well, I had this dream, and, you know, the old man, the old pastor had the same dream. He said, we were standing before the Lord, and he said, you can't come in. I'm not allowing you into my kingdom. And he said, this huge darkness came upon them, and it was so awful. It was so frightening. It scared the daylights out of both of them. And they, they, were, they were sitting, it took them a while. The lips were just trembling and stuff before they could actually talk about it. And then they realized, you know, that's not for us. That's God showing us what it's like for the lost. We ask for him to give us a burden for the people that are lost out there. And this is the the message that he gave us. This is what it's going to be like for people who are lost. They believed that. So said, we, we wanted something, didn't we, to to really inspire us? That's what it was. And they both had had the exact same dream. So whether you believe it or not, it was a you know true story. I think he wrote it down someplace. I may print it somewhere. But this is the kind of thing that, uh, since we're talking about dreams and stuff like that right now, uh, you know, today we've been uh, – talking about these dreams that I had, I don't know if that they're really that kind of level of uh, spirituality, but I can tell you that people are receiving dreams in our day and age. You know, Joel the prophet says that uh, in the last days the spirit will be poured out upon all flesh. You young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Okay, uh, there are people that I work with that, that are trying to reach people in Islam today and There's a saying among people in Islam, it's called good dreams. Many people who are Muslims are receiving dreams and and, uh, revelation from the Lord himself. He's calling people out of Islam right now, and he's telling telling them, I am the son of God. You know, Islam denies the son of God. They believe that Jesus was the prophet, but they don't believe he was the son. They don't believe he died on the cross. In other words, they have actually uh, fallen into the camp of those that biblically are described as the spirit of the Antichrist. Anyone who denies the Son denies the Father. That's written in John chapter 4. You can read about it quite there. I've got it on the Bible. i would even read it for you if you like. But whoever denies the Son doesn't have the Father. And so that's a problem with Islam. But many of these people in Islam, and and we know them because I have uh, relatives who are, who are missionaries to the Islamic world, and they're telling us now there are a lot of these men, and sometimes women, uh, a lot of them as well, who are having these good dreams, these dreams where the Lord is speaking to them and calling them and telling them who he really is, just like uh, Mike was talking about, the Apostle Paul, when he was on the road to Damascus. He was solitarist then, persecuting the church. They're having uh, supernatural uh, intervention, Intervention that's supernatural So uh, this is happening Friends and you know of course Judaism is still in denial For the most part of the Messiah Jesus Christ Yeshua they call him in the Old Testament His name is Jesus in the New Uh, same, Same name just a translation Into the Greek but um, they deny him as the Son of God. They are the spirit of the Antichrist as well. I didn't want to get into this topic, but it's hard for me to take sides in what I'm seeing in Israel right now, to be honest with you. I mean, because both of these sides are under the spirit and domination of the spirit of the Antichrist. They both are in denial of the Son of God. You know, what I really am concerned with the most is the people. You know, in most wars, civilians pay the highest Price and casualties, friends, almost all wars. Unless there are wars and battles out on the battlefield, there's no one there. You know, uh, the civilians are the ones that are suffering. I, I feel very bad for the people there, whether they're Jews or whether they're Palestinians, the people who are trying to make a living, and they have these warring factions that can, uh, conflicting over God's land. Can you believe that or not? I mean, I don't even want to go to Israel. I have never been there. I used to want to go to see the sites. I'm a historian-type guy. I like to see things, you know. But I don't even want to go there because I feel like as soon as I step off the plane on that land, I'm on God's property here. I better mind my P's and Q's. This is God's land. It's not, it doesn't belong to anybody. You know, if you're there, you're a tenant. You're a steward. You're supposed to be walking uprightly, you know, instead of all this nonsense going on about who's going to run everything. You know, uh, I mean, I'm not trying to put a Pollyanna fairyland look on this, okay? But I am saying that people ought to respect their fellow man. You know, they ought to respect the land and what God would have them do. This is not a place where somebody should grab this location and say, it's my land. It doesn't belong to anybody. And just as we talked about before, God has run the Jews out of there. He's run uh, the Roman Catholic Church out of there. He's run Marmaduke. He's run the Ottomans. He's run all these people out over a period of time. He'll give that land to whomever he chooses. And the people he's going to give it to are the people who walk uprightly and treat uh, the Lord with respect and try to avoid in all kinds of conflict and mistreatment of other people. So, you know, I, that's why I don't have a side on this whole thing. I wish I could tell you, every, I could go into great detail, I'll be honest with you, I can go into great detail on Israeli-Palestinian uh, warfare, you know. But the bottom line is, is you know, the place belongs to God, and he is going to partition it, uh, I believe, to the people who will walk uprightly. Did the Palestinians get uh, get burned for a lot of property when in 1948? Yeah, they did. And who was behind that? Well, the United States of America was funding a good portion of that. Did you ever see the film Cast a Giant Shadow with Kirk Douglas? True story about what happened during the uh, Arab-Israeli Independence War of 1948. How about the USS Liberty? Yeah, uh, what were we doing with that ship that John McCain ordered into harm's way? Admiral John McCain, that is. His son was, as you know, a flyer at that time and caused one of the worst accidents ever in naval history. (laughs) <laughs> outside of being bombed um yeah i mean they ordered that ship into that area for the purpose of sinking it to start a bigger war so the united states has been involved in agitating a lot of this warfare over there we have been the problem the us you know so while we watch these people fight it out and and all the awful things that have happened to palestinian people yes the problem is there are some real bad eggs and real bad insurgents among the Palestinians. Okay, I know that. You know that, too. But the people themselves are just trying to make a living in an open-air concentration camp. A lot of these people really aren't, they're not incited towards violence. They're just trying to survive. The same thing true with a lot of Israelis who who are there working the land and doing this kind of stuff, who are being attacked and harassed as well. Who is behind all this? Satan, evidently. You know what I mean? This is not about God's plan. And I I refuse to take a side in it because I'm more concerned with the people than the armies and the government's friends. That's what I'm really saying. But anyhow, I didn't mean to get into that topic too much, except for to say that things are heating up. We know that. And uh, I don't know how long Netanyahu is going to be able to keep up this charade. He never did. It didn't seem to me like he really thought it through. What are you going to do with these people, B.B.? You know how are you going to move three and a half million people out of Gaza? Uh And then, of course, a boss who I thought I had hopes for him until he started talking beep, to about uh, how he was going to uh, be violent. And I said, "How is this guy starting this up now?" I mean, this is the worst thing these people need at this moment is to try to stimulate any kind of agitation in this area. And you can go. I think a lot of you know you can go and see how all this was set up you know that this this whole thing didn't just drop down one day as a fluke and a number of little skirmishes that got out of control this thing was set up to be a collision course and that is part of the problem now also concerning you know the temple mount we talked a little bit about that there are plans for the temple mount we know that the final temple will be built and the beast of Revelation, the man known as the Antichrist, will defy the, defile that temple. And that is coming. So do are we really anxious to see that thing rebuilt? Are the Jews really anxious? Are they Have they read their own prophecies, like in the book of Daniel, about what's going to happen here? I don't think so. So the, the key thing is, we've got to be open to trying to help people see what's going on right now, because we are seeing the events starting to line up. And I, I'm like, Mike, you know, I don't want to set any dates. I don't want to say it's any time near too soon. But we have never seen a situation like this develop so fast. And with everything culminating with all the genetic manipulation they're using, the new weaponry, the diseases they're launching. And you saw probably about uh, Bill Gates and his, uh, you know, the, the, the vaccines that he's been creating Uh, with disease agents and and mosquitoes, the dung fever that's in Brazil. We've seen this before. I've been telling people and warning people about uh, Fauci and Gates for a long, long time, friends. Uh, I think I've I've said that. But anyhow, we are seeing uh, some very, very traumatic things happen. And I believe that this is going to be escalating as time progresses. But I want you to stand back and have some faith. Fear not. God has all of this under control. Put your life in his hands. Be right back.
4: Gilad Otsman says the essence of Jewish power is the ability to prevent the discussion of Jewish power. Jewish power
5: requires anybody in politics to understand it and know about it, but never talk about
2: it. My awakening really sums up with the very best evidence, the facts and the truth about race, and the fact that race drives history, and the truth about the Jewish question.
4: The younger you get, the greater the percentage of people who identify as alphabet soup, you know, L G B T Q R S. This woman she's like, Oh, oh yeah, I yeah, identify as a koala two years ago. And I'm like, what a koala? What? Maybe if it was quickie koala that might be cool,
0: but otherwise <laughs> I don't know. How about an inward pass? Have you ever received an inward pass from any
4: of your black friends? Biden invited a drag queen to come for the signing of the Respect for Marriage Act, the Respect for Anal Sex Act. So, I mean, let's, let's just call it like it is. The Patrick and Jeremy Show, Tuesday at 9 Central and Wednesday at 1 Central. Hi
0: First, our right height hog cradles with steel or aluminum frames. Our customers love this back saving innovation that enhances sanitation and speeds production. Next, our beef cradles with stainless steel or aluminum frames eliminate rust and corrosion. We hope you'll compare our quality and prices for this essential part of your processing line. Our cradles are especially effective when used with our power skinner. And finally, our hook tumbler will keep your hooks clean and polished. EaseOff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows, too.
5: EaseOff, LLC. 417-932-6419.
0: Or call us at 818-965-9113, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-965-9113. drinksupertea.com Well, there's a pain in my side that I can
5: travel Land. It's dark out here,
2: I can't read those signs In peace to the troubled land oh,
5: yeah. Hurricane, on
2: the Hurricane on the horizon, ladies and gentlemen Yeah, it's coming, you know, it is And uh, it's not going to come in during uh, immediately overnight We're going to see things moving in this direction you got plenty of time Right now, but you, you better be aware of it because just about any minute you could be out of here that fast. And, uh, you know, do the best you can to help everybody. Uh, we have got to keep this network going. You know, I, I've talked to Milan from, uh, you know, Tahibo Tea. He's a pretty good guy. Uh, when you order some tea from him, tell him at RBN sent you, you know, because, uh, uh, we need to keep good sponsors. Uh, I know that tea is really good. The wife uses it. It helps with her bladder. Uh, we are, we've been customers for about two or three years now. And, uh, you know, you get a bag of that for about 50 bucks and, uh, it'll last you if you, depending upon how much you use, of course, but it'll last you about two and a half, three months if you make about eight cups a day and, uh, you know, it'll just, it's great, great product. And, uh, There's so many other good things that RBN offers here. Support the sponsors and support the network if you can. Uh, Get out the checkbook. Give them a little money. Let's keep it rolling because uh, we have to keep the words going out, friends. If it goes dark here, it's going to be because uh, we haven't been able to get organized and to refute it well enough. And That's what's happening right at the moment, I think. You're seeing uh, uh, so many things happening politically. I mean, just the criminal activity. I'm all in favor of the truckers that are out there. One of the guys who, uh, I guess it's Jake, the trucker or whatever trucker, Jake is his name. He's out actually delivering the oil and gas out here in where in the Rocky mountain area. And you know, these truckers are putting pressure on New York city and I think they should listen. I don't hate New Yorkers, but I'll, I'll tell you something. They have really let all of us down going all the way back to nine eleven. I mean, this was their, their city. They should have called that bluff at that time. How is it that Giuliani, who is the mayor, how is it that he's still on the political scenery and hasn't been questioned? I mean, Trump didn't he have a, a building there? How many people in New York City have been affected by what happened on nine eleven? I mean, long term people who are still suffering and dying from disease from what happened, uh, the, the all the stuff that they inhaled and everything like that. I mean, it's amazing that the whole war in the MidEast, the whole thing that started out with fighting the Taliban. remember it was only 50 or 60 people we were after, and then it turned into a 20-year war, really. You know, how did that happen in the Patriot Act and everything else that's come out since that time? I mean, New York owes us a lot, in my opinion, and so if these truckers voluntarily, excuse me, voluntarily do not want to take their loads into New York City. I'm all in support of it, friends. I hate to persecute or uh, finger the people of New York, but they owe us. They owe us some real explanations for the scumbaggery that's going on there now and has been for a long time. And uh, it's going to be that way with these big cities all over the place. I'm out here in Colorado. Guess what I heard today just in the news? There are more people leaving this state now than staying here, oddly enough. And that's because of our rotten, wicked governor, who's a pervert, and everything that's been going on here for so long. We got a lot of great people out in the, you know, in the flatlands, but in the cities, they're all junk. Same things happening in states all over, maybe where you are. Okay, hey, I talked it off. I hope you had a something you got, you, know, you use and hang on to. I hear the Steve Starrs theme playing in the background, so that means my show is over. Stay with us here on RBN. Jim Fetzer's coming up. Uh, got, uh, we're got rolling, and we're making it happen for you, friends. Help us with all you can. Get the word out, pass out the links, and we'll talk to you next Monday. Thanks again. Bye-bye now.
1: You're listening to Real Talk Radio, only on the Republic Broadcasting Network.